Today is Monday, March 7th, 2022, and gas prices are as high as Hunter Biden and Snoop Dogg hanging out with Willie Nelson. Gas prices soared to near record highs this weekend. $7 a gallon at some stations. Donald Trump promised you $7 a gas under Joe Biden and ding-a-ling, ka-ching, one more nickel for the Trump was right jar. We'll bring you the latest in the Russia-Ukraine tensions as the people's convoy of truckers encircle DC. Oh, it's beautiful to see. My name is Benny Johnson and this is The Benny Show. Have more oil than anybody, okay? And it's uh, an incredible thing that have, it's happened over the last few years. A lot of great things, and you're paying what two dollars a gallon for your gasoline? That's okay. You know what that's like? That's like a tax cut. That's bigger than a tax cut. If Biden got in, you'd be paying seven dollars, eight dollars, nine dollars. Didn't they say get rid of your car? Prices at some local gas stations, they're way above the average. Well, across the street from the Beverly Center, one of the most expensive places in L.A., drivers are paying this, nearly $7 for regular unleaded, nearly $8 for premium. Drivers said they were surprised and not in a good way. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Monday. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I hope you didn't have to drive anywhere this weekend. My wife and I loaded up our one-year-old in the car. I said, let's give you a mini baby moon. She is uh, pregnant with Johnson, baby number two. And we said, let's go to the beach. Beach is about an hour away from us, the beach that we like to go to. So we hopped in the car and set out for our little adventure this weekend. We stopped at a filling station that is usually pretty reasonable. It's around the corner from where we live here in Florida, which is a pretty reasonable gas state. There are typically not extraordinarily high gas prices here. Taxes are very low in Florida. In fact, you pay no income tax in Florida, one of the major reasons to live here. I filled up this weekend for the first time above $4 a gallon in my adult life. Did you? Did you fill up your car this weekend? Chances are you did if you're an average American. Right now, America is seeing the highest gas prices nearly in recorded history. You have to go back to 2008 to find gas prices that are slightly higher on a national average. Right now, the national average gas price in America is above $4 a gallon. I filled up for above $4 a gallon. What is your gas price where you live? What price hits you in the pump and directly into your savings bank account and the value that you own, the value that you operate with? It is theft what is happening right now to you and I. It is theft. The theft of inflation, the theft of higher costs of goods. If your gas price goes up double, did your income double this last year? Chances are no. It's almost as if we are led by a group of incompetent elites who are actually attempting to destroy our civilization, attempting to destroy everything that we know and love by collapsing the U.S. dollar, by collapsing our energy. We could, in a heartbeat, defeat Russia and destroy their capacity to wage war by simply unleashing American energy reserves. We could cut the price of oil in half. We could cut it down by two-thirds if you allowed American oil to flow, but they won't do that. 
They have a reset in mind. They have a redesign of our entire economy. And the cost of that new utopia is your saving account, my saving account, bleeding us dry, making everything that we know and operate with cost more. This microphone, my computer, my cell phone, all of it is a petroleum-based product. The clothes that you wear, the items in your household, it's not just the fuel in your car. When petroleum goes up, the cost of everything goes up. The cost of living goes up. Ladies and gentlemen, the game that is being played right now with U.S. oil and with our energy reserves is a dangerous, dangerous game. That's why we are devoting the first segment of our show today to exactly how ridiculous and reckless our elites are being, or are they doing it on purpose? You have to start asking the questions because Joe Biden, upon entering office, did two things. One, cancel American energy independence, ban further exploration of oil on our lands, jacked up the price of gas for you. Don't let them lie to you and say that this is about Ukraine. It's not. The price of gas nearly doubled before anyone fired a shot in Ukraine. Now it's skyrocketing in part due to that. But ladies and gentlemen, this roller coaster had already left the station and it was already rising exponentially. We'll prove that to you. And most importantly, causing everything else in your life to get more expensive. The groceries delivered to you, delivered to you via petroleum, gasoline. When you get on a plane, they need to use fuel. If you go to Disneyland, Disneyland needs to run on fuel. The energy and electricity that powers your house, everything is going to skyrocket. They are playing a terrifying game. And also by debanking Russia, they are making sure that the American petrol dollar, which is what underpins all of our economy, the petrodollar means the currency that oil is traded in around the world. Right now, that's the American dollar due to the stability of the dollar and due to the amount of it in circulation. It makes it very easy to trade in U.S. dollars. When you start debanking entire countries, proving the instability of your currency and the ability to weaponize your currency against another nation, well, then people are just going to get off the dollar because nobody wants that to happen to them. In small part, this is exactly what happened to Canadian truckers. They debanked them. They made it impossible for them to get their money out of their bank accounts. Well, that's not a sensible way to run an economy. Think about that on a nationwide scale, not just a single party doing it through an emergency act to, uh, to truckers, but nations doing it to other nations. What is that going to mean for the global economy? it means that you are going to get a collapse. You are going to get bifurcation and you're going to get the American dollar unpinned as the petrodollar. That is what gives our currency its value and it's what gives our nation its capacity to have power status that is unipolar in the world. It's an incredibly scary and dangerous game that's going on right now. We're going to explain exactly why this is happening who is making it happening, where American energy comes from, we dug into the details here, and exactly what we could do to stop this if we had competent leadership. 
Ladies and gentlemen, one of the worst tactics of the communist is to try and just silence your voice. They don't believe in free speech. They don't even believe in ideas that are different than theirs. It's a religion for these people. That's why deplatforming is one of their greatest tools. They want to take you off the internet. Build your own internet, the commies say. And you know, one company went out and did it. That's why we're proud to partner with RightForge. RightForge is a company that went out and built their own internet, their own servers, their own hardware in order to keep conservatives online. It's the only internet company devoted to core American values like free speech. On the front lines against the leftist cancel culture is RightForge and conservatives like me are threatened by big tech deplatforming. That's why I'm very proud to say that the BennyJohnson.com platform is completely hosted by RightForge. They're helping also bring President Trump back online by hosting Truth Social. So move your site, your domains to RightForge.com, the real American internet. It's time to support a company that supports you and supports American values and supports free speech. RightForge, ladies and gentlemen, the true American internet. Right now, the sound you hear is a ka-ching, one more little quarter thrown into the jar that said Trump was right. Donald Trump in 2020 promised that Joe Biden would bring you $7 gas. And here reading to you from the Daily Mail, gas spiked to $7 a gallon at one Los Angeles station on Sunday. Ka-ching, ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. That is the sound of a quarter going into the Trump was right jar. There we go. It's the first time the national average topped $4 a gallon since 2008. The average price of gasoline in LA County was $5.28 on Sunday. It's a buck, I'm sorry, it's $4.20 down the corner from me. And that's just because of the taxes. California has extremely high gas taxes. This is up 9.7% in just 13 weeks from last month and up 57% over the past year. Do not let them lie to you and tell you that the high gas prices are because of Ukraine. These gas prices have been skyrocketing since Joe Biden got into office and immediately signed a peace pact, Neville Chamberlain style, with America's enemies. The first thing Joe Biden did was kill our capacity to have energy dominance for America to be an exporter of energy where we were in the last administration. Every single cost and every single good that has skyrocketed in value and as your dollars inflate, as your savings are crippled and lost, as you look at your bank account and recognize what a dollar buys you now, as you look at the real costs of your dollars being evaporated at the pump, My entire social feed is filled with people that are paying a hundred bucks plus for a tank of gas, a hundred dollars plus to fill up their vehicles, their sedans. It's all because of Joe Biden. Joe Biden not only canceled the pipeline that would have made us energy independent in this country, but he also gave Vladimir Putin precisely what he wanted in Nord Stream 2. He handed our geopolitical enemy and somebody who is waging a bloody and horrific war against innocent civilians right now his pipeline. 
And now the Biden administration is going hat in hand to some of the most evil regimes in the world. Iran and Venezuela to try and get them to pump more gas. This would be looked at by historians as the most suicidal event potentially in a prevailing nation's history, a world dominant power's history. This will be seen as suicidal. America's incompetence and lack of resourcing their own energy, unleashing our own energy in this country. He has banned energy exploration and he has banned pipelines. They are penalizing companies that invest in American energy. BlackRock is, for instance, a company that bans or penalizes companies that are investing in American energy development here. They will not invest in them. They will undercut them. It's like they want America to fail. And you're watching it happen in real time. You're watching yourself get poorer in real time. I couldn't believe it. A hundred bucks plus to fill up my car. Did you have the same experience? Let me know. Californians have high gas taxes and strict refining rules that require specific fuel fuel formulas in the summer months. So where does gas come from in America? California is an extreme example. They have extreme laws that make gas extremely expensive in California. But let's check on where gas actually comes from in this country. According to data published by the U.S. Energy Information Administration, in November 2021, the U.S. imported 254 million barrels of oil, and it consumed 17 million barrels a day. Russia consumes 3 million barrels a day by comparison. So it's like 6, 7x what Russia consumes, our nation. There's nothing wrong with that. We have an economy that's 20, 30x what Russia's economy is. People have to get from point A to point B. Every single state in this country is having the GDP of a country around the world. So Florida's GDP is the size of Russia's. Russia's GDP is like $1.2 trillion, and Florida's GDP is on level with that. Every single state in America has a GDP that is approximate to like an entire country around the world. Americans need to get places because we have a raging economy that needs to move. The vast majority of oil that is imported is from Canada. 50% of our imports come from Canada. From Russia, it was 17 million barrels. That means around 7%. The data shows that U.S. increases oil imports from Russia by an average of 154,000 barrels a day in the first 11 months of 2021. U.S. oil imports from Russia are crude oil and refined products such as gasoline and kerosene. Last June, the U.S. imported 800,000 barrels per day of crude oil and refined petroleum products from Russia. 800,000 barrels per day. This is a controversial statement. I said it on Twitter. I said it on my social media accounts. And I'll say it again. Your elites and your incompetent leaders are forcing you to fund Russia's attack on civilians, women, children, bombing of apartment buildings. The horrors that you watch in Russia, you will have to swallow knowing as an American, and this is chilling to the bone 
You funded it. You paid for it. You purchased those bombs. You purchased those tanks. You funded the gasoline going in to those personnel carriers as they go across the border. The bullets and the fighters and the helicopters and the cluster bombs that drop are partially funded by you and me. Not because we wanted it, not because we asked for it, certainly not because we approve of it, but because our imbecilic, suicidal ruling class decided that instead of unleashing American energy and not funding the world's most evil people, we would buy 800,000 barrels a day from Russia. Therefore, filling Putin's coffers and giving him the amount of money that he needs to start behaving badly on the world stage. When Russia is rich, when oil prices are high, Russia invades. History has taught us this. In 2008, they invaded Georgia and gobbled up land. Oil prices were at a national extreme high, above $4 a gallon. Putin invades. Putin grabbed Crimea when oil prices were once again skyrocketing under Barack Obama. Putin invades. Oil prices are skyrocketing now. Putin has enough cash. He invades. Thanks to you, King Dollar, the American dollar, Vladimir Putin is now given the capacity to march around the world, buy weapons, and use them against innocent civilians. We believe that it is evil. We believe that it is a tough battle because we do not like the Russian oligarchs. We do not like the American elites. They're both utterly incompetent, murderous, and suicidal. The global elites have their own sick agenda, and the Russian oligarchs have their own sick agenda, and people get hurt in the middle. And Americans should not fund it. Our ruling class is making us fund, forcing us to fund Russia's war with Ukraine. Don't think about it too much before you go to bed. You won't be able to sleep. It's bad. The increase resulted from Russia edging out Mexico to become the second largest foreign oil importer in the U.S. in 2021. With tensions in Russia, the U.S. risks cutting off 7% of its current imports. Under President Trump, the U.S. focused on producing more oil and gas and wanted to end reliance on foreign energy. In an act since the first time since 1949, the U.S. exported more than it imported. 650, 635,000 barrels per day, the U.S. exported under Donald Trump. In a collapsing economy, there is no stability. Prices are all over the map, and what's worth something one day is worth nothing the next. This is inflation. What does your current out-of-control inflation look like in this country? It looks like paying 47% more for fuel than a year ago. It looks like paying 41% more for the same used vehicle if you buy it this year instead of last. It looks like paying almost 10% more to feed your family every grocery bill. It looks like every dollar in your savings is worth less than it was one year ago. Hedge against the U.S. dollar by investing in something of real value, gold and silver from Birch Gold. Precious metals have historically been a safe haven in times of inflation. Birch Gold is the leader in converting IRAs and 401ks into tax-sheltered IRAs backed by gold and silver, something with real value. With thousands of satisfied customers and an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, Birch Gold can help protect your savings. Text Benny to 989898. 
to get your free kit on gold. There is no obligation to get this info. Text Benny to 989898 to get your free kit now. Invest in gold. Birch Gold is the only partner that I trust. Not since the 1940s has the U.S. exported oil, and now we were exporting oil under Trump. Biden sought to do the opposite upon taking office and actually encouraged production overseas in Russia and Middle Eastern countries, which set us up to be more reliant than them compared to America under Trump. Why is this? Well, because of a fetishization of a teenage Swiss girl who yelled and cried at us at the United Nations and basing our economic policy on Greta Thunberg and not on sound reality, not on the laws of nature. The laws of nature says this, might makes right. Have you ever watched a documentary? Have you ever seen like a nature documentary? David Attenborough narrating something on Netflix, right? Talking about the lion and the Serengeti. The lion. Lion Serengeti. Look at the majestic lion. It attacks. It pounces where it wishes. Nothing can challenge it. The reason the lion is able to assert itself, to eat what it wants, to have what it wants, to create the territory it wants, is that the lion is the dominant animal in the hierarchy. The lion is powerful. Nothing can defeat the lion. The lion can hurt you. That is how the laws of nature work. That is what you must be as a country. You must be scary. You must be powerful. You must not be able to be hurt. And that is how you create dominance. That's how you protect what you love. Be like the lion. Be like the great white shark. The great white shark doesn't give a flip about where it's going or what it's doing. It will literally eat your boat. It will eat you. It will eat anything it wants. It will roll its eyes back into its head. You will see black and it will chomp away. It is a dominant alpha. The great white shark eats and does what it wishes inside of its own territory because it is dominant. It is powerful. It is scary and it can provide for itself. Same laws of nature apply to you as an individual on your personal life, and same laws of nature apply to countries. When America gives up its dominance, gives up its capacity to provide for itself, its strength and energy, it collapses. It is able to be pushed around by other nations. Joe Biden instantly followed the advice of a Swedish teenager and made America energy dependent. He was handed on a silver platter American energy dominance, and they made air, uh, he chose to make America dependent in what will be seen as absolutely the most foolish jackassery of our time. It cannot be said enough. How did it happen? Well, we go back to a Forbes article in August of 2021. In Forbes, the writer, hold on, what's his name? Thomas Dusenberg, who is a manufacturing and economics researcher at the Hudson Institute. Thomas Dusenberg outlines precisely how the Biden administration will be collapsing American energy, the American dollar, American independence, and American power on the world stage. He called it this August, almost one year ago. Well, half a year ago. The article is titled, Biden's Plan to Outsource the U.S. Oil and Gas Industry. And he nails it. Listen to this prophetic word. 
It is not a revelation to discover that the Biden administration intends to phase out U.S. oil and gas industry, but it's astonishing to see how quickly it is moving to accomplish this. While seeing production abroad, sending uh, sending production abroad to producers like Russia and the Middle Eastern nations, whose commitment to reduce greenhouse gases is at best questionable, on August 11th, 2021, the Biden administration implored OPEC and fellow traveler Russia to increase their production as demand in fast recovering economies take up the shortfalls caused by the pandemic. Polling data in the U.S. about inflation caused in no small part by rising gasoline prices undoubtedly is a prime mover behind the administration's request. Biden made a political calculation based on his negative poll numbers to outsource oil and gas production to countries like Russia in an attempt to lower prices in the short term and to process increased our dependence on them in the long term. These are the same producers who just a few short months ago flooded a declining market in an effort to destroy the economics of the U.S. shale oil production. So these people have obviously acted against the interest of America, and Joe Biden is handing them the hammer to beat us to death with. The Biden team also given a boost to Russian gas production by backing off on attempts to derail Nord Stream pipelines into Germany, which increases European dependence on the heavily polluting Russian extraction industry. U.S. liquefied natural gas producers had hoped and reasonable expectation of building capacity to supply European markets absent a deal with Russia. But Biden handed Russians the deal anyway. No negotiation, no preconditions, not sign on the dotted line that you will not bomb civilians and murder children. Nope. Biden just gave them what they wanted. It was Munich, 1938, all over again. Neville Chamberlain handing the Sudetenland to Hitler. The Biden team got off to a fast start on its assault on U.S. Northern American oil production by blocking the Keystone XL pipeline project, which would have contributed to jobs in the construction and refining and transportation of sectors in the United States. It would have also provided enough oil for us to not have to bring in a single barrel in from Russia. The the Keystone XL pipeline would have one-to-one replicated all the oil we are importing right now from Russia, making sure that when you fill up your tank, you are not paying for cluster bombs that land on orphanages in Ukraine. But you do, thanks to Joe Biden. The administration also has put, put any new Alaskan production on permanent hold and frozen any new exploration and development in the lower 48 states and offshore. So they've put a bullet in the back of the head of U.S. oil production. They have froze all oil production and new production in America. Oil wells dry up. You need to search for more oil. You need to develop that oil. It is very difficult to get to. Oil is in a tough place to find in the world. It is underneath shale. It is under the ocean. It is in strange and odd pockets all around the globe. You need highly sophisticated equipment to get to it. And it takes a very long time to develop a safe consistent oil well. So the Biden administration killing all development of new oil wells is again, independence suicidal, energy suicidal, nation state suicidal. It's like they had it all planned out. It's like they wanted to collapse this country. The sum total of these actions is to discourage any new expansion of the U.S. oil production in any attempt to regain the levels of production achieved in 2019 when the United States became a major exporter of crude oil and refined products and natural gas. 
Facing this juggernaut of regulatory actions and threats of antitrust sanctions, among other pressures, to put on financial institutions to exit the fossil fuel credits market, it is no wonder that crude oil production are at levels frozen and remain 15% below those before the pandemic. U.S. imports of crude oil from OPEC countries have already nearly doubled from levels before the pandemic, and overall imports have reached the levels not seen since before the pandemic. This is why Joe Biden is begging right now, hat in hand, a beggar, a coward, walking into some of the most evil regimes in the world. Oil-producing regimes just so happen to also be some of the most corrupt and wicked regimes on planet Earth, whether it be Middle Eastern nations, Syria, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, or Iran, or South American nations like Venezuela, where people are eating zoo animals because they're starving because of the communism they live under. They really did. They, they, they went into the zoo and killed zoo animals in Caracas and ate them because they were starving. Sickening country. Now we have here from the New York Times that secretly and quietly the Biden administration is going to start begging Venezuela for oil. The U.S. officials traveled to Venezuela and Russia, a Russia ally, as the West isolates Putin. In a trip that is the highest level visit by an American official to Caracas in years, driven by a desire to separate Russia from its remaining Latin American allies, U.S. senior officials traveled to Venezuela on Saturday to meet with the government of President Nicolas Maduro, the murderer. According to people familiar with the matter, as Biden administration steps up efforts to separate Russia from its remaining international allies amid widening standoff with Ukraine. The trip is the highest level visit by a Washington official to Caracas in Venezuela's capital in years. The United States broke off diplomatic relationships with Maduro and closed its embassy in Caracas after the authoritarian leader committed election fraud. The Trump administration then tried to topple Maduro's government by sanctioning Venezuelan oil exports, the, uh, says the country's senior officials, by recognizing opposition leader Juan Guaido as Venezuela's lawful president. Wow. Funny how history repeats itself. Mr. Maduro responded to the sanctions by seeking economic and diplomatic help from Russia, as well as from Iran and China. Russian energy companies and banks have been instrumental in allowing Venezuela to continue exporting oil, the country's biggest foreign source of currency. Despite sanctions, according to U.S. officials, Venezuelan officials, and businessmen. As, Russian, as the Russian economy craters, the U.S. is seizing an opportunity to, to advance its agenda among Latin American autocracies and might start seeing Mr. Putin as an increasingly weak ally. Mr. Maduro appeared to be open to discussing oil deals with the United States. Here lies the oil of Venezuela, which is available for whoever wants to produce and buy it, be it an investor from Asia, Europe, or the United States, he said in a public speech Thursday. Venezuela is not the only evil regime that Joe Biden is asking for oil. Saudi crown prince has been begged by Biden to produce more oil. And he said, hey, I just don't care. That's right. OPEC sees absolutely no reason, of course, to produce further oil or to help the Biden regime. OPEC is going to stay exactly where it's at because right now oil is selling for $130 a barrel. These people are getting rich. 
and you are getting poor. The most evil people on planet Earth are getting rich. Our president is begging them for more oil, and you are getting nothing out of it. Last week, geopolitical pundits were struck after three Middle Eastern power, power brokers, among them one of the closest U.S. allies in the Gulf region, Saudi Arabia, which not too long ago rejected U.S. appeals to pump more oil, signed an Arab League statement that it did not condemn Russia and called for diplomacy and an avoidance of escalation and consideration of the human, humanitarian situation. We now know why. In a recent interview with The Atlantic, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman was asked some tough questions concerning the Biden administration's takeover of a harder line on his kingdom. In particular, the murder of and dismemberment of Saudi journalist and Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi. So this was obviously a big deal, and the Biden administration went in hard after this murder. When asked about the deteriorating relationship with the Biden White House, and whether he thinks Biden understands him, I simply do not care, the crown prince said, and explained that Biden and explained that it is up to Biden to think about the interests of America. We don't have the right to lecture you in America, he said. The same goes the other way. So now the Saudis are turning their backs on Americans. Now Joe Biden is begging hat in hand to Venezuela and Iran for oil. And Joe Biden has absolutely caused you and your bank account to fund the war against innocent Ukrainians. That's the state of decline. That after Donald Trump promised that Joe Biden would bring you $7 gasoline and lo and behold... You look at the prices inside of Los Angeles, and there you have it, $7 gasoline. Ka-ching! One more nickel inside the Trump was right jar. Well, moving on to Ukraine and Russia, we do have some interesting updates. Are things getting better or worse? We hope they're getting better. The overall consensus by leaders inside of the military and inside of the chattering class is that indeed things are getting hopefully better and a peace deal is going to be struck soon as it pertains to the Ukraine and Russia conflict. We hope so. We hope so. Things are getting really bad there. We've seen some footage of Russian helicopters and Russian planes getting shot down over the weekend. Uh, We've seen the Ukrainians retake ground and it according to the numbers in Ukraine, there's a lot of Russians that are being killed. Russian soldiers are going on Ukrainian TV and saying, hey, listen, we were told that we were going to go in and be fighting Nazis in Ukraine, and that's not the case. It seems as though Putin has bit off more than he can chew, and the sanctions being brought down on Putin are catastrophic. So we'll see. We'll see if maybe this will have a cooling effect on the entire region, and we hope for that. We want peace. We don't want war. But we also, man, don't think that there's a lot of good guys in this situation. That's the sad part. There just are not that many good people when it comes to this situation. It's brutal. The Russian military offers conditions to immediately end military operation. Well, let's see what those are. Belarusian State TV says that Russia's delegation has arrived in a location this morning where a third rounds of talks will be taken up by Russia and Ukraine to try and get peace in the region. So far, the ongoing talks have focused on establishing and maintaining humanitarian corridors and safe evacuation for civilians still trapped in cities under siege by Russian forces. 
They have been erected and collapsed in various locations with limited effectiveness. Given Kyiv has accused Russia of breaking temporary ceasefire pauses through the regime's shellings and through Russian military targeting of civilians. I mean, that's it's just been evil. You just, you have to call it what it is. It's been evil. Just ahead of the meeting, the Kremlin issued a list of demands to be accomplished if Ukraine wants Russian invasion to halt immediately. These include, according to the Kremlin, Crimea as a port of sovereign Russian territory, as well as Donetsk and Lugansk independent state regions. You may remember those are the states that broke off in 2014. But it does seem like some of the stupidest people in our government, as always, are going to be fomenting this issue and going to be fomenting this war, as they always do. A lot of people in Washington and a lot of people inside of our ruling class, you can only assume that they want war. You can only assume that they wish for war, that their donors may want war. And so you get the imbecilic comments from like Lindsey Graham last week saying that he wants a assassination of Vladimir Putin. You get stupid commentary like the no-fly zone, which a no-fly zone seems like for like a feminized voter like for someone who's a low in someone who's low, someone who's not thinking about what a no-fly zone is, it seems like it's like bubble wrapping Ukraine and just a way to make the whole world safe. It's not. It's not. This is a way to guarantee global nuclear war. Because of what it would mean is it would put American fighters and NATO fighters jets over the sky of Ukraine. And it would be us shooting down Russian planes. That would be an act of country-to-country aggression by sovereign nuclear nations. You do not want a no-fly zone. You do not want a no-fly zone. You do not want a no-fly zone. Do not believe the hysterics of people calling for that. However, our own stupid elite continue to prod and foment this catastrophe, as they always have, saying that they are going to be giving a green light for Poland to give Ukraine MiG fighter jets. So what that would mean is that Poland would be automatically contributing to the war and would be provoking Russia to then attack Poland, which, of course, Russia had done in World War II. Uh, In a agreement with Hitler, people forget that in World War II, Stalin was allied with Hitler for years. For years, Stalin and Hitler worked on the same team. They carved up Eastern Europe for themselves. And then Hitler decided to attack Stalin because he thought it was a buffoonish idiot and nearly marched into Moscow uh, for his, for his uh, troubles. You can go ahead and read the history of World War II. It does seem like history is repeating itself here, though, with a ratcheting up of the narratives and a ratcheting up of the stupidity. Please, everyone, cool down. Take a breath. Simmer down. Calm down. This is how we get global nuclear war. We don't want that. And American State Department officials should not be declaring that Poland give fighter jets to Ukraine. I'm sorry. Why are we wantingly inserting ourselves in here? We should also stop buying Russian oil. Russia's defense ministry has warned neighboring countries 
against hosting Ukraine's warplanes. Ministry spokesman said that it could be considered those countries to be an engagement in military conflict. So Russia saying that if you host the Ukrainian warplanes, then you are attacking us, essentially. The United States is working with Poland to supply MiG fighter jets that can be used by the Ukrainian Air Force. In return, Poland has asked for F-16 fighter jets to be given to the country as a backup in exchange for the MiGs. Polish government is wary of angering Russian President Vladimir Putin, keen to not be seen as a NATO act, because if NATO invades, then all countries in NATO are bound by Article 5 to invade on each other's behalf. Ukraine's president has lashed out at NATO powers for refusing to impose a no-fly zone over the country, and NATO rejected calls saying a no-fly zone would provoke widespread war in Europe. This, as 1.5 million refugees has now fled Ukraine, Putin's invasion, as police warn of sex trafficking gangs preying on women and children. Whew, it's awful. It's just awful what's happening. It's very similar to, quite frankly, our broken border. And it's a bad game. It's a bad game that we're playing right now. The U-Run reported today that 1.5 million refugees have fled Ukraine. The mass exodus has taken place just 11 days into the Russian invasion. Vulnerable refugees face threat of human trafficking abroad. And police say that sex traffickers have attempted to snatch unaccompanied women and children. Almost 1 million Ukrainians have fled west to Poland. This is why we say, of course, this invasion is evil. As of right now, we may also be seeing a hostage situation inside of Russia because of the idiocy of the globalist elite and because of their fomenting of this war. A WNBA star and gold medal winner, Brittany Griner, was detained at the Moscow airport with a cannabis-filled vape pen. Brittany Griner plays in the WNBA for the Phoenix Mercury. She was arrested last month in Russia. She's still in custody. She's a two-time Olympic gold medal winner, and she's six foot nine inches tall. Wow. She was charged with drug smuggling after officials found a vape pen in her luggage. Drug-sniffing dogs are what located the marijuana cannabis-filled vape pen. Her wife, Cheryl Griner, said the situation is one of the weakest moments of my life, has issued gratitude to everyone uh, who's offering support. The U.S. State Department says that they fear Putin will keep her as a high-profile hostage. If we want her out of jail, Russia is going to have to have some terms. Ugh. So this is spiraling quickly because we have the dumbest possible people in charge. We talk about natural law in this show, and natural law still exists. It will always reassert itself no matter what infantile fantasy that Joe Biden and the people around him want to live in. These situations will escalate because we have the dumbest possible people in charge. If you have the lion in the Serengeti and you're watching the nature show, the pack of lions do not choose the dumbest, most diseased, stupidest lion with a history of failure and incompetence of over 50 years to lead them. But 81 million people decided that that's the member of the pack that we should put up in front of us as our leader during these times. That lion's name is Joe Biden and his cackling hyena friend, very much like Scar and the Lion King. <laughs> yes, the dumb, evil, incompetent lion and his hyena friend, Kamala Harris 
are the ones in charge of the Pride Land. And the Pride Land's looking a lot like, uh, a lot like Pride Rock under Scar's reign. It is devastating. It is dark, and gas is $7 a gallon on Pride Rock right now. Luckily, most Americans do oppose sending U.S. troops to Ukraine to fight Russia. I mean, that kind of, duh, but thank God. Just 19% of respondents in a YouGov poll said that sending U.S. soldiers was a good idea. I don't know who these 19 people are. Clearly MSNBC viewers. 54% thought it was a bad idea. Yeah, it's bad to fight nuclear power. Yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's bad to fight a nuclear power. More respondents, 33%, said it's a good idea to send soldiers to Ukraine to provide help, but not to fight Russian soldiers. 63% to 63% of respondents in a Reuters poll said the United States should not send troops to Ukraine or fight the Russians. Yes, nuclear powers fighting each other on a global stage, bad idea. Let me repeat, no good thing comes from nuclear powers fighting. Although some 30% of the respondents said troops should be sent in. My goodness. Dangerous numbers there. It should be 0% of respondents. We should not fight a nuclear power. And this nuclear power, by the way, is egged on by the fact that we buy their oil. We are not energy independent. We are providing them the money and the munitions to fight this war. That is evil. And it's all on your leaders, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely catastrophic. This is all because, as Mark Levin says in his podcast, Joe Biden has sanctioned American energy worse than he sanctioned Russian energy. It all comes back to that. Our leaders do not love this country. They hate this country. And they hate you. And in spite of the high gas prices and the extreme cost, the people are standing up. And the American convoy that we have long begged for (laughs) on this show. We've been very bothered by the fact that the Canadians had all the fun. The Canadian convoy in Canada has now collapsed officially. I think every COVID mandate, even Ottawa, which was the one holdout, is now going to be removing their vaccine passport system, going to be removing their mandates. They won. It may not look like it on paper. The state always has to try and flex and save face, but they won. They were able to cripple and topple mandates across Canada, and now that's happened here in the States. The American Trucker Convoy, which is a five-mile-long jam on the Washington, D.C. Beltway. By the way, I lived in Washington, D.C. The Beltway is always a disaster. Holy smokes. This is like the worst road in America. Washington, D.C. has famously the worst traffic in, in the country, arguably, pound for pound, mile for mile. This is a road that was like, you could find traffic jams at 2 a.m. I would fly in late on like red eyes and I'd take a car at 2 a.m. and I'd sit in 30 minutes of traffic around Washington, D.C. It's such an incompetent, such incompetent boobs run Washington. If you add thousands of vehicles parked on the beltway, you are going to, it is going to be so bad, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Here, let's read the article from the Daily Mail. Uh, Cavalcade of more than a thousand large trucks, recreational vehicles, and cars caused a traffic jam on major highways surrounding Washington, D.C. on Sunday in an effort to protest unconstitutional coronavirus restrictions, such as masks and vaccine mandates. 
They don't have to put unconstitutional. They put unconstitutional in quotes. I don't know why they did that. They are literally unconstitutional. Our Supreme Court decided 6-3 against vaccine mandates. The self-styled People's Convoy, estimated a span of 30 miles, left traffic in a standstill along a 64-mile beltway. Along the 64-mile beltway, that's what it's called, the beltway around Washington, D.C. It's kind of a giant circle. After it departed from Hagerstown Speedway in Maryland, convoy organizer Brian Breeze instructed the group to hold the line before they embarked on their journey, and they planned to circle the interstate twice at a minimum speed limit to slow traffic and get their message to lawmakers. The group of semi-tractors led the convoy, followed by trucks and trailers and campers and cars. According to the Daily Mail, reporters tailing the group, traffic crawled while traveling at speeds of 10 to 20 miles an hour. Uh, and reached a comfortable speed of travel before causing a standstill. Wow, they're doing it. The People's Convoy planned to be completed uh, two loops around the Beltway, which they estimated would take four to five hours. However, given the impact on traffic, the drivers will likely be on the road even longer. After completing the loop, the group will return to Hagerstown for a rally, the third in a row at the Speedway, Sunday's rally will feature speeches from doctors, convoy organizers, and U.S. Freedom Flyers and other groups. We are doing this peacefully. We're going to do it with class. We're going to do this the way that we've done it, coming all the way across the country. We're not going to shut anything down today. We're just going to do a convoy so they can see that we're in their backyard and that this is huge. This is according to Brian Braze. The People's Convoy, a spin-off, a spin-off from the protests in Canada, started by truckers upset at the vaccine requirements uh, uh, on, to, to travel between countries, Canadian and American border. Uh, this convoy has traveled 2,500 miles to D.C. on an 11-day journey. The group stopped at major U.S. cities and rural towns along the way to thank their supporters. Brassy, speaking on Sunday, acknowledged the success but said the group still has a long way to go to achieve its mission. We have a long way to go, and I'm seeing the light. I'm seeing people that are willing to sit down and meet in D.C. I'm seeing people that are willing to come to the table. He instructed supporters to keep their hotels, suggesting the group may continue to protest throughout the week. Brassy also recommended that the group, reminded the group of their mission, noting that it is not to cause chaos, but to remind U.S. leaders that they serve the American people. Beautiful. Yes. Fantastic. That is the reminder. That is the point of all of this. The point of a democratic republic, the point of a constitutional republic is that the people are in charge and not a group of unelected elites. Right now, our country is run by a group of unelected elites. They want you to fund cluster bombs with your gasoline purchase. They want chaos. I think they actually want the collapse of this country because they don't like the fact that we, the people, can seize power from them. We can eliminate their jobs, their roles, their positions. We can push huge swaths of Washington, D.C. into the Potomac River and no one would even miss him. You wouldn't miss the Department of Energy. You wouldn't miss HUD. If it was gone today, HHS, you wouldn't miss it. We could shove those bureaucracies directly into the Potomac because you and I decide that they should not exist. And that is precisely what needs to happen. They are facing a populist movement that is uprising around the world, from New Zealand to China to the streets of Amsterdam, London, 
Toronto, Ottawa, now Washington, D.C., you're facing uprisings, populist uprisings, where the people are saying, no, damn it, it's our country. We don't want to be ruled. We aren't here to be ruled. The purpose is for us to rule ourselves. And that's what scares them the very most. The number one thing these grotesque people want is power. Power over you. The number one way they're going to get it is to strip us of our independence, whether that be energy, whether that be the independence to decide which medicines go into your body, or that be the independence to have a currency that is operable, a currency that means something when it's in your bank account. Their job is to remove power from you and absorb power unto the state, unto themselves. That is our fight. And we can break this system. You're watching it atrophy right now. You're watching the system break right now. I think you're going to see a second beautiful renaissance in personal freedom. I think you're going to see people break out as they always have into greater freedoms in this nation. I think that our founding documents are strong enough and believed enough. And I think we have enough believers in a higher power that is not the government here in this country that we can win. And we can create something beautiful and something better than we've had before. We can eliminate the evils and the threats to our country ourselves. And it will be wonderful to see it happen. I'm truly, truly optimistic about it. But we're going to have to fight and we're going to have to get awake. You're going to have to be awake. You're going to have to see it for what it is, ladies and gentlemen. A fight for our lives, the lives of our children, and everything that we hold dear. And if we fight, we'll win. If we roll over and allow them to continue to oppress us because we're lazy and because we're comfortable, then they will win. So that's the question. That is the question on the table right now. We know that we will win because we have our priorities straight. We believe in God, family, and country in those orders. We believe and know that we were born free men and women, and we intend to stay that way. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to save America. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Benny Show. We love seeing all y'all out here. Sorry that your gas prices are so damn high. We're trying to fix that. And we're going to fix it together. God bless you. God bless our truckers. God bless those people keeping our country sane. And we'll see you tomorrow.